When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, coming off a bye, and uh, it uh, was it the same as being a player? Because now you are obviously on the, the, the radio side of things. You don't have the same you know weekly schedule as a player, but having something to do every Sunday uh, throughout the fall, it's fun, but it's work. Yeah, I would say... Um, yeah. Similar, except a lot more beers drink <laughs> than when I was playing. <laughs> when you when you're a player, you gotta you gotta uh, you know you spread it out a little bit, moderate at times. But yeah, it was nice. Um, you know, the weather was great for being um, early November. It was perfect. It was, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, I think as a player, you take that time and uh, really just try your best to separate yourself. From the from the game as far as you can step you, away. Yeah, you step away, and the older you get, you know whether that's uh, if you have kids or uh, you know like to take a little maybe two three day long weekend vacation. Uh, you try to step away because you've been at this thing for so long now. You've been at it since April, May, grinding. Especially if you're on the Lions. I mean, zero and eight. Um, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. You try to just separate yourself from that the best you can. Um, and try to try to recover, I think. Try to uh, find a new mindset. Try to find a way to, uh, you know, stay positive and uh, look forward to the second half of the season, uh, so to say. But, yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It was, uh, it was great. It was, it was nice to have a weekend where, you know, I got to sit down and watch some football. Um, it's been a long time. I mean, just working on Sundays, yeah. you know, one o'clock game at Ford Field. I'm not getting home till six o'clock. You, you miss feel most like you of the miss early so games. Much. You do, and then it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to keep up with everything that's happening sometimes. And you can't go back and rewatch 14 other games. I mean, you try yeah. to look through the box score and watch the uh, some of the highlights and whatnot. But yeah, it was nice, man, and it was nice to. Uh, you know, spend some time with the family too. I mean, you know, traveling on Saturdays is is fun for away games. I mean, mm-hmm. going out to dinner with the crew and uh, getting to sleep in a hotel room for a night, Full night of sleep. <laughs> it's fun, man. <laughs> yes. It's nice, but uh, yeah, it, it just catch up and uh, 
go to a couple hockey games, you know, with the kids. Uh, it was it was awesome, man. It was a good week. Um, now I know we're we're still a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving, and being uh, you know playing for the Lions or being a Lions fan, uh, that's almost like an extra bye week. You just don't know if you're going to have the same weather as you had this past weekend. So the question is. Um, one, are you a Christmas lights guy? Do you put up your own? And did you use the the weekend to to get in the in the mood, the I, Christmas spirit? I usually wait until that Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I am a guy that does not like to uh, just go from Halloween straight to Christmas. I I, I respect Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I have <laughs> I have a deep deep passion and love for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm of the opinion, like, so I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I think you can play Christmas music all year. I understand that not everybody is of the same mindset. Um, and I actually leave my Christmas lights up all year long. I just unplug them. So, but you must go hard then. I mean, no. Do you, did you, do you have like the whole house lit up? Uh, no, I just have, it, it's basically, I, I live in a colonial, so it's, it's, it's squared off. Yeah. And I go up one side, go across the gutter, go down one side, and then I, you know, sprinkle them in the bushes up front. Yeah. It's yeah. a classic look. I'm fine with that. But, but you it's, can't be on a ladder twice a year. I mean, well, I got to clean up gutters once. anyway. <laughs> get up there and take care <laughs> yeah. of it. I know a lot of people that do that, leave it up year round, and I've been guilty of leaving them up until like, May before oh, yeah. just because it's yeah, so damn February, cold. February, it's not not the time to be taking down uh, yeah. you know, those lights. But the people who have like the giant, uh, you know, pine trees, we have a couple in the neighborhood that just go all out, and that's a question I always have: is why don't you just leave the just leave it up year round, man? It just looks yep. like a pain in the ass. And I know it's a tradition and it's fun, um, and I like to do it. I don't overdo it. Yeah, you know some of the boxwoods in front, and and do kind of the outline of the door, and uh, you know the basics. Just, yeah, just the basics. We don't go super crazy or anything like that. But that's that's for that's for after Thanksgiving for me. Whether it's that weekend after that long weekend you get yeah. after the the Thanksgiving uh, game, or you know the week following, because. There is still something to be said about Thanksgiving and, you know, kind of enjoying the end of fall. I feel like when you go into full Christmas mode with the music and the lights, yeah. you're just giving up on fall and saying, all right, let's, <laughs> you're just starting to embrace the winter. And uh, for, you know, obviously both of us being in Michigan, we get some long winters. <laughs> I, I try to I try to bleed out fall as much as I can. Uh, yeah, fall is the greatest season there is. Uh, and just as a little preview, I don't want to get into it too much now because... Uh, the right before the Chicago game, which is obviously who the Lions host on Thanksgiving, I want to get in depth onto into the uh, the Lang Thanksgiving dinner because there's some key components I think you got to have, and I and I think as as big men, there's always a few uh, additions that we make, and uh, I'd like to know what that That's is. Fair. But we're going to save that uh, for for Thanksgiving. But I, I am of the mindset that Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday. There is. I agree with you. I think I'm I, maybe Christmas and Thanksgiving one A one B. Well, so Christmas. I, Christmas for me is just more nostalgic and uh, having three kids of my own now, getting to watch them the whole Christmas morning. You yeah. wake up and it's like the one time a year where you still feel like a little kid. You know, hope it's snowing outside and hope you get some snowflakes coming down. And yeah, uh, but having there, kids, there's so much pressure for Christmas. There is. I mean, there is. There's no pressure at Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just I mean, the, there's well, it internal pressure. 
depends on if you're cooking or not or if you're hosting. I mean, <laughs> we've hosted before, and I'm telling you, man, I have a uh, very large family on my yeah. mom's side. She's one of 11. Oh, my goodness. Um, about 30-some-odd cousins and <laughs> wow. a bunch of other little little ones mixed in there. So <laughs> we'll try to host uh, every couple years. Any more TJs in there? And, uh, Any more Thomases? No, no more Thomases. No, I was, I'm the junior, and I was the last one. Uh, so nobody carrying that. But we do have a, a large family, and I would say the the years that you host are a lot more stressful than the years that you're sure. a guest. Yeah. <laughs> That's and a very obvious statement, I know. Sure but with that many people, yeah, with clean that, with that many people, it's, uh, man, it could be a pain in the ass sometimes. So a lot of pressure on the Lions, um, and not for any other reason to just simply get a win. Do you think this team is an 0-17 team. Now, we know that's a possibility because they're 0-8 right now. Where do they find a win? How do they get there? I don't know. Is there a lot of pressure on them? I mean, I, I know well, that... Well, would you want to be the t- the only team that, that's 0-17? No, I know that, but like when you, you, you're not... You're not competing for the playoffs. Their, uh, their expectations are very low. I know your tr- the expectations are low. Um, I don't know. I mean, the mindset, you're coming off a bye week, maybe just be... Let's just try to ruin everybody else's season, <laughs> you yeah. know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that that's just a, a different way of, I don't know, motivation maybe. Um, but look, I mean, you take a look at the next four games, right? You've got two on the road, Pittsburgh, Browns, and then you come home for two in a row, uh, Bears and Vikings. I said early in the season, hey, I, I think they can split with Minnesota. I think they can split with Chicago, obviously, they lost both of those games, uh, which were pretty close. I know the offense uh, in Chicago, you know, what seems like two months ago now, yeah. was pathetic in the red zone. I mean, three red zone turnovers, you lose by 10 points. I mean, that, that was a game that they were in. Uh, Chicago looked pretty good on Monday night against Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. the fourth quarter, they did some nice things. But I still think, I, I think that might be a winnable game, um, just the way they match up with them. Uh, and the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are such a weird team. They've got a couple close losses and uh, a couple, you know, weird wins. And, you know, obviously when Detroit went up to Minnesota, we all know what happened there. I don't yeah. have to revisit that. But that could, that's a team that they can compete with as well. Um, so I don't know how much pressure is necessarily on these guys. I know everybody obviously wants wants to get that first win just to take that deep breath yeah. and say, okay, we're on the right track. All right, man, we got that first win. We know what it feels like now. We got to celebrate in a locker room after a big win, which is awesome feeling uh, if you're a player. Um, but I think in the next four weeks, they've got to find one because then you look at, after that and it's like at Denver. Denver just creamed the Cowboys, right? right? You got the Cardinals who... Very well could be the one seed and, and have the best record uh, in the league this year. They've only yeah. got one loss. You got the Falcons, Seahawks, and Packers. I mean, those are Russell Wilson will probably be back. He got cleared this week. Yeah, he'll, um, he'll probably be back this weekend. Um, just based off what we've been hearing uh, last couple of days, but that's it's a tough finishing stretch. So if they don't find one, and look, I mean, yeah, but I know Pittsburgh's got a really good defense. And they looked really good at times against Chicago uh, on Monday night. But you look at them offensively, and, I mean, if you stop Najee Harris, yeah. I mean, he's only, with, with how much, 
it seems like he's producing a lot more than what he is. He's still only averaging about 80 yards a game, so he's not a workhorse. But that's going to be a challenge this week because you know they're watching exactly what Philadelphia did. Philly ran for well over 200 yards. That's going to be Pittsburgh's game plan. But if you somehow shut that down, I don't think Big Ben is capable anymore of of beating you with his arm. I really don't. So that could be a game. Hey, they're, Pittsburgh's coming off an emotional win, uh, last-minute field goal, short week, Monday night. You're coming off a bye week. Let's see how this offense looks coming out of the bye and what changes we're going to see. But this is a game that I think they can compete with, and they've been much better on the road than they have been at home. Well, and I think there's there's a difference between, yeah, they can look at what the Eagles did um, and run for over 200 yards, but the threat of the Eagles is in large part because you got Jalen Hurts quarterback, at, right. at, at quarterback. So it adds that other dimension. Ben, you know, Big Ben is not going to be that guy. Um, you know, he's, no. he's, it's as much <laughs> as he, he can did, do to get he into did, it. He did pull one Monday night. He <laughs> tried to run a little read option there <laughs> yeah, late in yes, the game. Yes, the, Didn't get the first down, but you're yes, right. I mean, yeah. he's, he's no threat no, but whatsoever to run the ball. You mentioned the offense and some changes. See if we're going to see any changes to the offense. Dan Campbell, during the bye week and then earlier this week, also mentioned being more involved in the offense. Um, and, and we asked him, Stoney and I asked him in the morning show what that meant, what it would look like during the week. And his answer was, I'm going to be in the meetings. I'm going to be contributing more um, to the game plan. Yeah. Um, and he didn't really say much about Sundays, what it would look like on Sunday. So if, if you were a fly on that wall, how much of the game plan, how much of the play calling do you think will be taken over by Dan Campbell? Well, I don't know if the play calling necessarily will be taking over. Uh, I think maybe he will have a bigger influence. Uh, you see a lot of head coaches that don't call plays are always yep. kind of in the ear and, hey, this is what we want to do, especially in those, uh, you know, got to have it situations. Um, but when I hear him say something like that, that, I mean, he's all about attitude, right? He's yeah. all about just grit and grinding and attitude and uh, scrapping. Uh, that just kind of tells me that uh, there's a, there's maybe some changes they want to do with the run game. And whether that's uh, getting into more of a... Uh, the, I think the most, honestly, the most success they've had with the run game is when they go out of... Uh, you know, sub-personnel, when you take the tight end, you take the fullback out, you kind of spread the defense, you get them in ni- that nickel or dime, bring another small guy in and yep. spread the field a little bit. Uh, they just, it seems like they, whenever they line up in the 21 personnel, when you have the fullback, you have the couple tight ends. I mean, uh, other, teams, other teams know that you're not, you don't have a deep threat on the outside, so you're going to see eight, nine guys in the box. And it's just incredibly hard to find, uh, that open hole, and really the one downside about That's DeAndre the Swift, about DeAndre Swift's game is that he is great coming out of the backfield as a receiver. When he gets in the open field, I mean, he yeah. makes guys miss all the time. We don't see that a lot when he's getting the handoff. So we don't see him burst through the hole and make that last guy miss right. to go get that twenty thirty, go get an explosive play. He's a, he does a great job when he's catching the ball. But that's when you when you got the when unblocked in guy in the box, you you, you got to leave one for the running back, and you got to make those guys miss. They haven't been doing that, so I think it's going to be, uh, and it, it all comes down to what 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 does Jared Goff do the best too? Because he's a guy that 
probably hasn't performed up to what they expected or even what he expected through the first eight games. Um, go back and look at what he did in, in in Los Angeles and what he had success doing there. I mean, a lot of the runs and play actions were coming on the deep, uh, wide stretch outside zone and getting him to roll out. I don't see a lot of marriage right now between the Lions' run game and the play action game. And you know, you, it's obvious when you watch the film because – there's not a lot of defenses that really bite on Detroit's play action, which tells right. me that you have, A, you just have way too many tendencies, and B, the, the play action is not married up to the run. And that's the one thing you really have to look at, and hopefully they did throughout the bye week. I, I know that's a time to do a lot of self-scout. Uh, but try to get Jared Goff comfortable again. Try to get maybe the outside zone game going again, the outside play action, pass, get him out of the pocket a little bit more, or maybe just try to... How about tempo? Uh, try to. Th- th- that's what I was thinking too. Maybe another option would be tempo. Maybe turn into. Uh, I don't want to say a no huddle team, but a quick huddle team. Yeah. Um, you know, get, get the hand signals out. Just go quick. Don't let the defense adjust. Um, and try to maybe utilize that short passing game uh, more as a replacement for the run game uh, because that's unfortunately I know it's come. Uh, late in games and when they've been trailing, but really the one time we the, the only time we see Jared Goff have a ton of success is when they're forced into the two minute offense and they're forced to start throwing the ball. And he's actually, I know teams are playing, you know, at that point a little prevent. bit more prevent, but he's yeah. actually had a lot more success doing that. So that might be a change we can see as well. Now, TJ, you mentioned that you got a chance to watch more football on Sundays. And I know sometimes you're traveling on Saturdays. You don't get a chance to watch as much college football as as you'd want. I'm a, the, the same thing. I'm always at the Michigan game, so I don't get a chance to see some. But we had a we had a late game on Saturday. So I got a chance to see the noon games at 3.30 starts. And all eyes were in West Lafayette. Oh, yeah. Um, did you think that would happen? I, we all know it's a possibility yeah. anytime you take the field, but did you think that would happen? No, I didn't. I didn't think that State was going to lose, uh, especially in that fashion, you know, double digits, uh, two scores. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. And now, you could say there were signs of it because Michigan obviously had a lot of success passing the ball against Michigan State. Uh, Purdue being one of the top teams, throwing the ball with uh, one of the best receivers in all of college football at uh, David Bell. Yeah, uh, you know I think he went for over two hundred in that Iowa upset as well. Yep. Uh, you, you, I guess you could say maybe the writing was on the wall. How did we miss it? But no, I didn't. I thought after uh, that win that they had against Michigan, and you you they come out number three in the playoff uh, rankings. I, I thought that. Uh, I, I thought they were going to come out and, and really take care of business. I did. And, I mean, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly yep. game. I don't think Peyton Thorne played well. Um, there were a couple throws that he missed. And, and the defense, obviously, you couldn't cover anybody. Anytime somebody throws for over 500 yards on you, uh, I mean, that's, yep. that's a bad day at the office. There's really nothing special other than that that happened. I mean, they just could not stop Purdue. Uh, the Purdue's passing attack. And Purdue, I think, was, uh, you know, over 60, 65% on their third down conversions. That's a killer. That's yep. a killer, especially when you have them in that third and eight, third and nine, third and 10. And, and Purdue's just con- continuing to uh, to execute those and keep the chains and, and keep keep the drive alive and keep Michigan State off the field. Uh, Kenneth Walker had a nice game other than the fumble uh, early in the game. You yep. know, he still, went for, score. he still went for 150. And, uh, but that was the turnovers that really 
really cost them. And then Peyton, throw, Peyton Thorne throwing the interception uh, down in the red zone there in the fourth quarter. Uh, it just it just hurt them. I, th- I was surprised, though. I really was. I thought uh, just the way that we saw them play against Michigan with mm-hmm. the with the with the you know the the battle and the intensity and and facing the adversity and, and the signs in that, game. that they played with yeah. right. and they're down 21-7 they come back boom right around halftime tied 21-21 and that was like okay here we go okay yep. Purdue all right thanks you know but thanks they, coming, they just yeah. they just could not find a way to sustain it and i think that was surprising and um what yeah, was surprising, it was surprising what was surprising to me was like at the beginning of the year when you can't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like you could see this happening. But after they played Michigan and they had the the confidence, they had the resolve to, you know, withstand a 16-point deficit, come back, two yep. touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Um and with the with Kenneth Walker having a game like he had against Michigan. Um you know, cuz the question was could he do it against a good defense? Because he struggled against Indiana. He struggled yeah. against uh, Nebraska, and he came out and blew the doors off of, of Michigan. Yeah. You pair that with the passing game, I, I thought there would be times where maybe they would struggle, but they would be able to find one or the other that was working for them, and that's how they would attack, especially since you've only got four weeks left of the season. Now yeah. three. When, you, when, when the polls come out, you're number three. I mean, the players are all looking at that going, all right, we can see all that hard work that we've done. All right, it, it's a month away from happening, and they went down to West Lafayette. And I mean, I don't know how you guys used to call it, but a game you were supposed to win, you didn't didn't play well. You bed, yeah. And that's exactly what what Michigan State did. And um, it's too bad, but it 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 does for college football fans now. Obviously, people are going to say, "Well, it, you know, I'm a Michigan guy saying this," and and I am. But it opens up the Big Ten again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michigan now, with help from Ohio State, I hate to think of that, um, <laughs> you know, can't, they're, they're, they can go out there and still win the Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan State wins out, they win the Big Ten yeah, East. They still control the they destiny, still control their own the destiny. silver lining, I guess you right. could say. And the yeah. same with, with, with Ohio State. You know, they still have to play Michigan State and, and Michigan. So yeah. you got two teams that control their own destiny. Michigan obviously needs a little bit of help. They got a little bit in West Lafayette. But if you're just a college football fan, it it the intrigue factor went way up when you know when when Purdue got that win. Yeah, and I think what's intriguing too, and I know Purdue was at home. Um, but Michigan State was only a two and a half point favorite, and I'm sitting there saying, "Come, on. I mean, you got the number three team in the nation. Yep. I know they're going on a road, but it's a, it's an unranked opponent. I know Purdue had the nice win against Iowa when they were ranked uh, two or uh, three, yeah, they were two. top three, yeah. yeah they and were um, two. you know that turned out to be whatever because Iowa turned out to be a little bit uh, of fraudulent, a fraud. yeah. yeah. Um, but then you look at this week, and I've been Purdue's going to Ohio State. Can and Ohio State is a 20-point favorite. And I'm looking at it this morning going, what the hell? <laughs> you know, you just knocked off the number three team. You're playing probably Ohio State's going to move up to, you know, I don't know, four or five area. You're playing another top five team. Mm-hmm. And uh, just no respect. <laughs> now you're going in as 20-point underdogs. Um, so that is uh, that was a little surprising to me. But you're right. I, the good part, if you're a Michigan State fan, though, is that you do control your own destiny, right? This game, uh, if, if we knew you were going to have to beat 
the big the Penn State, Ohio State anyways, if you want to get where you, you wanted to go, that's still on the table. This yeah. loss, because you beat Michigan, this loss, if you do win out, it's not going to hurt you. Now, it might hurt you in the playoff rankings for a couple weeks. It'll be interesting to see tonight when the uh, when the uh, college football rankings come out, playoff rankings, to see how far they slide after losing to an unranked team. Um, but the, the destiny, their their path is still right in front of them, and I think that's the silver lining. Like you said, Michigan fans, you need a little bit of help. Uh, but at the end of the day, John, and I know this hurts to say. It just looks like Ohio State's team again, division again, man. Oh, yeah. It just does. There's I no mean, question. Until somebody knocks them off, yeah. you'd be foolish to think it's anything other than that. I know, and I know they had a little bit of a hiccup against Nebraska there. Uh, it was a tight game for a while, then they pulled away at the end. But, um, it's Nebraska. Just, it's Nebraska's going to Nebraska. They They've lose. done that to everybody. They did it to Michigan. <laughs> they did it to Michigan State. Yes. <laughs> so it's no surprise they did it to Ohio State as well, gave them yeah. a scare. But, uh, and extended um, Scott Frost just after. Yeah, but that's the Ohio State. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we can get one of those Michigan teams to uh, represent the Big Ten championship game, but it just looks like their their conference right now. I mean, their passing attack, um, what C.J. Stroud's been doing. I mean, the Jackson Smith. Um, Help me, Jubu. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean you Good missed luck. a Garrett Wilson, yeah. but you still got a Lave. And yeah. I mean it's it's just, the, the kid had fifteen catches and you never heard of him before. Two. I mean it's just incredible, and, and they've just got so many playmakers. I just think that Michigan and Michigan State both are going to have a hard time beating that team. Yeah, uh, there's just so much speed offensively. I think that's really what Michigan State's going to struggle with is, and we saw it against Purdue, yeah, the passing attack. Yeah, the passing yeah. attack. But uh, tonight, I don't think there's any movement. Georgia, Alabama, I think they stay the same. Um, Michigan State was at three. I think they probably just fall down to five. Oregon and Ohio State bump up. Um, and then it'll be interesting, I think, what happens with Cincinnati. Because... <laughs> Go home, Cincinnati. I, I think they should. beat a bad so the, Tulsa that, team. I, mean, I think Michigan on. probably jumps Cincinnati to six. That puts Michigan State at five. And Cincinnati, they may be... Seven, they may be eight. Oklahoma may jump them, yeah. and and the reason I say that is because if you look at the Big Ten, let's take Michigan State's game for example. They play Purdue, an unranked team, and in the Big Ten, you're at risk every single week of having a game like that. Illinois, Penn State. There's a number of examples this year where if you don't come ready to play, you're going to get beat. If Cincinnati doesn't come ready to play against Tulsa, they still get a win. And they're they're not at risk every single week like the Big Ten, especially yeah. the Big Ten East. I mean, just think about the, the rest of the schedule. Michigan State has to play in Columbus, and they've got to play Penn State. Michigan has to play Penn State this weekend, and then Ohio State. You're at risk a hell of a lot more in the Big Ten, in the ACC even, Wake Forest dropped one, yeah. and, and I think they were a little fraudulent as well, but look at the Pac-12, look at the SEC, look at the Big 12. You're at risk of losing those games if you play like Cincinnati did, whereas Cincinnati... They were able to pull out a win when they tried to give it away as many times as possible inside their own five-yard line. Yeah. No, again, you're absolutely right. The question is how far is Michigan State going to drop? Uh, you did – at the end of the day, I know Purdue 
uh, had a nice one against Iowa as well, but it's still an unranked team. And uh, yeah. I, I think if if you... Do you think they go lower than five? I think they do. Yeah, I think they're looking at six at the top. I, I, just because, I mean, you think if... Okay, I know Oregon played a nasty game against Washington. They still come out with a win. But if they would have lost that game... I mean, you talk about Oregon being probably out of the top ten, right? Yeah, but that would be their second it, loss, right? But uh, right, but I'm just saying yeah. the the drop yeah. to losing to a unranked team sometimes hurts you a lot more. It's not like Michigan, Michigan State, where we saw in the AP poll how uh, they just flip flopped to three or four spots, right? That was a right. top ten matchup, and okay, you're not going to destroy a team for losing a close game to a top another top ten opponent, but when you lose to an unranked team. And these other teams behind them win. I'm not saying Michigan should be ranked ahead of them. It's just going to be interesting to see what the committee has to say because not only did they lose to an unranked team, they pretty much got destroyed most of the game. Well, but but here's the thing too is because you, then you got to look at Purdue and say, okay, they were unranked last last week. I think they may sneak into. 24 25 this week which Uh, they should and there are three losses they're six and three right now they've got obviously wins over number two iowa over number three michigan state their losses were to wisconsin minnesota both teams that are you know tied for first place in the big 10 west um and number 12 notre dame early in the season yeah so it's not like there there are any bad losses there right conference losses in Notre Dame, which Notre Dame we talked about last week. I think they're in the same boat as Cincinnati where it's like they they just can basically hit the cruise control button and hope some other teams lose. This year, yeah, because the USC game wasn't a big deal. I don't know that Stanford's going to be a big deal. They didn't have to play Michigan, Michigan State. They didn't have to play anybody uh, really worth the in the Big Ten. Um but they've they're kind of in the same boat where one of those teams, even if they lose out, even if they win out, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, <laughs> neither you know you're not going to have both of those, and I doubt if you really have either of them because just how the way the Big Ten's going to shake up, the SEC is going to shake up. I mean, you look at the SEC championship game, most likely going to be Georgia, Alabama. Yeah. Whoever loses that game, let's say it's a close game. Are they going to drop out of the top four? History tells you no. Uh, history tells you no. Especially if it's not Georgia. Especially if it's not Georgia, right. If Alabama loses, I don't know, maybe. If it's a yeah. blowout, maybe. But you look a couple years ago when LSU and Alabama were one and two, and they still both got into the playoffs as well. Uh, whoever lost that game still got in. So you're probably going to end up with two SEC teams. You're going to end up with probably a Big Ten team, most likely being Ohio State. And if Oklahoma keeps winning out, you know, they, they I'm have just the, not a believer that Oklahoma is uh, going to win. I'm out. not either. But when these teams have the luxury of, uh, you know, having the conference championship game, you get that 13th game over some teams that are only going to have 12. Sometimes that's all it needs to bump them up a couple spots in the last in the last in the last polls. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see. see what happens. Yeah, It'll we'll be interesting. See. And there's still, good part is there's still a lot of football left. Yes. And, and when you talk about a lot of football left, um, you're talking, we, we already covered the fact Georgia, Alabama are probably going to play. Yeah. They're one and two. Uh, Michigan State currently at three. Uh, Ohio State at five. Michigan at seven. Those teams are going to play each other. Yep. Um, you know, and then Oregon, you know, to make it through the Pac 12. Again, I just think they're at risk because they haven't played well. They haven't been a dominant team. Yeah. Who knows if they ended up winning the the, the Pac-12, and then Oklahoma, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Oklahoma State is a team I don't think you can you can sleep on right now. They're just there are some teams that I think are going to have some movement. It'll be interesting to see where the committee places them after 
we saw some teams get away with some sketchy performances this past weekend. Yeah, and the one thing that you look at college football, and I know talking to some other people, are saying, okay, without the exception, take Georgia out of the mix. It's really been, and I've heard people say, ah, there's college football kind of seems down. There really is no dominant teams. I think when you throw in uh, everything that's going on with the transfer portal, yeah. uh, guys leaving to go to other schools, if anything, I just think that college football is evening out a little bit more. You don't have the Alabama and the Ohio State, the couple really, really top-heavy teams, and then just everybody else. I think there's a chance in college football, which I love, is that every single week somebody could get beat. And that's – I'm sick of watching Alabama yeah. <laughs> win the national championship every damn right. year, it seems like, or being in the top two every single damn year. It's nice to kind of have a little bit more balance. And I think that that's what it is. I don't think it's necessarily we're seeing just a worse product from college football. I think it's just even out. Yeah. And I think that that is – It's a good that, thing for college that football. Makes, that, that's going to make it – a hell of a lot of fun to watch the next three, four weeks just because you look at the teams that are ranked, you look at how many of those teams are playing each other, anything can happen. And it's, it's going to be fun to see how this thing shakes out. It will be. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully we'll get a, a chance to talk about a Lions win as they travel to I Pittsburgh. I hope so, man. I just oh, want to talk to – after the uh, Philly game, <laughs> I was interviewing Coach, and uh, yeah. <laughs> the first thing he said, he's like, Man, I really want to talk to you after a win, and I'm like, no, no shit, I, me too, man. I don't enjoy this either, man. <laughs> I want to talk to you too, so hopefully yeah. that's sweet. You know what? You're coming off a bye. It, the, it's, it's there for you. I think it's there for you. Pittsburgh, they're no slouch. They got a good defense. But you know what? You come, I mean, just make it make it happen. Just give us one. Mm-hmm. Just give us that first one. And and I, we'll I want, you, you talk there. to coach every week too, and everybody loves him with just how open and honest he is. And yeah. I want him to win. I want him to be able to celebrate with those guys after locker room. And and he swore, uh, he's, you know, I think maybe five out of the eight games I've got a got a got a cuss word out of him in the, in the post game. I can't imagine what he's going to be like yes, after a victory, yeah, man. It might be it might be free flooding there, which would be great. Yeah. I just want him to win, though. Hopefully, yeah. it's this week. Well, hopefully, it is. And I will tell you what, we'll talk to you next week here on Necessary Roughness with Lang and Jansen.